When Cooper was envisioning his giant terror gorilla idea, he wanted to capture a real gorilla from the Congo and have it fight a real Komodo dragon on Komodo Island. What? Welcome to We Should Know Better, a podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I'm Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. And what we do here each episode is we play the Wikipedia game. Uh, I have these guys start on uh, one page, and they have to get to another specific page, only using links within the Wikipedia pages. And tonight, I have you going from Milkshake to uh, King Kong, the big (laughs) monkey, the big gorilla man. He's got a milkshake. So, uh, Sky, when I put that into Wikipedia, I get disambiguation for milkshake song, milkshake duck, milkshake with an apostrophe, and then milkshake camel case where it's milk, capital shake. Ooh. Is it just... It's just just regular milkshake. Just vanilla milkshake? Cold dairy beverage? Yeah. You just want a vanilla milkshake. Ah, Sometimes called a shake in the United States. Only in the U.S.? (laughs) Only in the U.S. That's weird. We're the only ones that, uh, yeah, shorten it up, okay. you know? Um, sure. Yeah, and to see who who gets to go first, uh, tonight I had you come up with a frozen treat based mm-hmm. on a big monster. Some sort of kaiju. Some sort of B-movie monster. Whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear what you guys came up with. Uh, I can I can I can go. Sure. Okay. Um I had uh I I actually had some trouble with this one. I I'll, I'll be honest. I, I just want to be upfront cuz I was trying to come up with something with like a quintessential like frozen treat for one of the monsters. And I think I think what ended up happening is I was coming at it from the wrong angle, right? So I Classic. started thinking about I <laughs> you know, this, this happens the all the time, time in advertising. That... Well, Yes. Um, <laughs> also, this wouldn't be the first time that you're like, I had a really hard time with this as I did, as I kind of did the thing that I wasn't supposed to do with this with this game. I mean, Sky, you know me. We have <laughs> we have known each other a long time. I never. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh huh. Sometimes it works out for you. Occasionally, almost never. The uh, so the idea that I came up with, uh, mm-hmm. I thought it would be more interesting to make it about the you know thinking of yourself like as the monster. With oh. the frozen tree. Okay. So I developed a popsicle that is in the shape of a, like a skyscraper building. Right. Okay. Stay with me. Hmm. Uh, and like, it's designed as such. And as you eat the popsicle, it's got like little bits of candy in it that are all, that are like shaped like people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You got, you got like Sour Patch Kids in there. Oh, uh, that's way up. Wow. That's what, that's better than I came up with. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, it's that. Yeah, yeah. So you, so as you eat, sour patch kids are terrible on ice cream. Actually, that would be terrible. Yeah, I get those the froyo plays. I'm like, oh, sour patch kids, love them. And then just like this, like hot, like not this hot. They're a hard rock, like in the middle of your ice cream. (laughs) Actually, you're right. That would be about it. But so like nerds, I guess something like that. Yeah, or you have you have sour patch kids make a specific one that that holds up better in in the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, just lots of high fructose corn syrup. Yes. So the um, 
yeah, so you actually eat the little people as you eat the building. And uh, I I uh, went to my marketing team, and the best they could come up with come up with was a high rice building popsicle. And so that's high, that's what I high got. Rice. Right, high because it's a high rise. Yeah, I, I, I. This is the best we got, Sky. Oh, high rise, not high rice. No, it is. I, I like. There's no. There's a high ice. ice. Oh, ice. ice. You got I thought it. you were saying you rice with an R, and I was like, I don't, don't understand. Well, he is saying rice with an R. It's just there's a hyphen but between like, the R and ice. There's a hyphen. Yeah, in the in oh, the in the oh, style I of see. all I see. yeah, in the style of all terrible. So it's not just high ice because then that doesn't really translate. It's high r- ice. Okay, yeah, no, ice. in the style of all bad, uh, ad, all bad like popsicle tie-ins or like frozen treat tie-ins for movies and things like that. It's 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 hyphenated so as to allow a pun that should not exist that Great. and that barely makes sense. So Good. Yes. what's what's the tagline for this? Oh, I didn't even come up with one. Uh, let's see. Um, I, yeah, I got nothing right off the top of my head. Uh, I'm thinking like, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I'm trying to put roar and ice in something and it's not happening. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim, what do you got? Uh, so one of the things that I first naturally thought about uh, was Godzilla, of course, first King of the Monsters. And he has this iconic uh, image, this movie does, that, that I guess most most fans call it the tail slide, where uh, he's essentially on his tail and just zipping uh, along the ground on his tail with like wee. the rest of his body just fully prone. Yeah. And I was like, what if we turn that into the perfect base for a Sunday? So you have oh. the cone that looks like Godzilla doing his tail slide. You can you you know, you can grab it by the tail, like that's the base. And then you just okay. pile the ice cream and the toppings up on his belly. And then you just enjoy it. It's it's the Godzilla tail slide Sunday. It's oh, a Sunday. Wow. Tim. That's really good. So you put it in like a more you just of put a it vertical on like his belly? Is that... Yeah. What, just... what is he, what is he made out of? What is the Godzilla made out of? I mean, uh, oh, you mean like in the? I was like, I was about to say scales, but you're talking about the confection that I have. Yeah, I guess I'm picturing like that. You have something in like, is it plastic? Is it just the plastic oh, no, I mean, Godzilla? No, it's he's a cone. It's made out of cone. Oh. Oh, he's, he's a cone yes oh so it's like it's like baked like it's like a molded cone yes and there's like a tail and like ah yeah the tail is like the bottom of the and cone. it gets like all soggy he starts like just <laughs> just dripping off the end of the tail yes that's good and uh i'm still into it i was i was thinking of like man like if you could like have stuff like come out of his mouth like blue blue energy or something but i'm not sure how that would work what goes on like so it sounds like you can customize the sunday but what goes on like the standard like godzilla tail slide tail slide yeah um i mean i i think you would have to go with like a three three scoops 
You got a lot of room to work One with. One segment, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, classic Neapolitan or, or whatever shape, you know, whatever yeah. flavors you would want. Definitely like those little Chaco bits that they have to kind of look like debris. Yeah. Um, say that. And Tim, you're missing like one one thing that I feel like would have to be key for something like this. Please tell me. It, warheads. Warheads? Oh, you mean like oh, they're trying to attack hot? them? Well, yeah, but also he's nuclear powered. That's the that's the whole joke. Is that's that? true too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's got to be something on there that glows in the dark. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true too. That's good. Just drizzle oh. a little, a little uh, a glow stick fluid on them. Oh, good. Those are non toxic, I'm sure, right? The uh... way you said that doesn't lead me to believe that. It... <laughs> I did come up with the tagline, by the way. All right, hit me. Uh, it is a hundred stories of flavor. Is the is the tagline for that? A hundred stories of flavor is good. Tim, do yeah. you have a tagline for this tail slide Sunday? Um. Slide into flavor. <laughs> I was going to say slide into a tail slide. <laughs> I guess like some 90s Gushers commercial. Oh, Gushers. That's what it would be. Oh, yeah, oh something Gushers. like that. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Okay. Also this... another candy I don't think I want freezing. No. No, 100%. <laughs> um, no, both were very good today. This is the problem. You, you two are so good at this that it's always like, <laughs> oh. such a close. I wouldn't say we're good. I say we're just no. equal. You guys go in the same direction. You have the same trajectory, <laughs> let's say. Uh, but I think I'm gonna. I re- I think I'm gonna go with a high rise. That's a okay. very. It's a very oh, yeah. interesting idea. I I like how gross the idea. Of, like here's a popsicle that looks like a building <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, you would. I, I I have to be honest. Like this was a like about. 30 minutes of a like back and forth between me and Steven. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, this was, no, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. About 30 minutes of me talking at Steven about this today. I'm sorry. Um, While while we were doing, yeah. While we were doing like other projects and like uh, running an errand or so, I was like, yeah, but I'm like, I was thinking something like with Mothra or like, like, I mean, uh, Gamera is basically a Sunday already. Like it's all like, it's mostly there. I was like, I'm just not getting anything. And then I was like, maybe I'm doing this backward. Maybe it needs to be the monster. Maybe you need to be the monster. And right. And then it came to me. Nice. Um. Anyway, uh, I will. I would love to see someone actually make something like that. That I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. So milkshake. A milkshake, milkshake. Uh, sometimes called a shake in the United States, that can't just be us, right? That that's not possible. No. Right? Okay. Is a sweet drink made by blending milk, ice cream, and flavorings such as, or sweeteners, such as butterscotch, caramel sauce. No, not caramel. Caramel sauce? Huh. Caramel That's sauce. Mm. Chocolate syrup, fruit syrup. Oh, actually, hang on a sec. Dang it, I've already spoiled it. How do we How do we all say syrup? If, just, if you don't think about it, just try syrup. to say the word syrup. 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 Aha, we do have a syrup in there. Um... I, I, that is a, that is another one that is a Midwestern word that sometimes we end up saying syrup rather than syrup. Gotcha. Um, syrup. 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 Um, or, <laughs> or whole fruit into a thick, sweet, cold mixture. 
Mm. Yep. Love a thick, sweet, cold mixture. Um, I like pieces of fruit actually sound great in that kind of thing. That's more mm-hmm. smoothie, oh, yeah. but that sounds that sounds way better than the rest of that. If you get like a strawberry shake that has a little bit of strawberries in it. Oh dang, it's so good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, it it also may be made using other types of milk such as almond milk, coconut milk, or soy milk, all of which are still not great for my stomach, but Aww. better than standard milk, I suppose. Yeah, I thought about you as I picked milkshake. I'm like, man, <laughs> but. I, it was a good enough page that I decided we'd, we'd stick with it. Do you know the last time I had a milkshake, Sky? Uh, I was probably a teenager. Really? Oh, it's been forever yeah. for me, yeah. They're so, really? they're so high in calories. Okay. It's like... <laughs> yeah. I feel shame well, when, I, when I think of drinking one now. Oh, no. I, I mean, I don't go that far. I would still do it. I just can't. <laughs> don't i mean tim i would absolutely take i don't care about the kill the calories <laughs> yeah um yeah that was uh milkshakes uh in, in fact root beer floats uh were in fact one of the things that finally that i finally understood that i was like no i'm lactose intolerant mm. uh when my family got into a habit i don't i don't know how or when it happened but like i do remember like a summer or so i were we on vacation maybe i couldn't have been like 15 or 16 uh and my family just really got into like making root beer floats one year mm. like it was a thing that happened like if not yeah. every other day like almost every other you know my parents got into that for a while too actually no kidding i think yeah. every every family has a a root beer float period our float phase our family always used coke though Oh, uh, wow. No, we were uh, we were just traditional root beerists, I guess. Mm-hmm. Man, I love root beer. I have it's never had a, fl- have a had a taste for it. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. It's it's fine. I don't I don't dislike it, but it's just never been like, all right. I mean, I could drink anything else and it would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really weird. Yeah. How that's one of the sodas where it's like sometimes it's caffeinated and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because of how one. it's made. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. All right. So root beer. Uh, what? Hold on a second. Oh, this can't. This also can't be true. Milkshakes originated in the United States around the turn of the twentieth century. There's no way. There's no way. Uh. I guess. Mm, all right. Because we'll it's find just out. putting ice cream and milk, right? Yeah. That pretty seems much. pretty straightforward. Putting. Frozen milk in milk, essentially, and with with uh, with some kind of other flavoring. Anything else? Yeah. Like, anyway, uh, and grew in popularity following the introduction of the electric blenders in following the two in the following two decades. I always enjoy those kind of sentences because it makes it sound like someone was they were at a party like oh hey oh hey uh, milk sh- uh, uh, like ice cream and milk yeah uh, you know I, I want you to be my friend over here electric blender oh hey yeah how's it going how oh. Do you just move in the air? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, just came around the last couple decades, you know. Um, they 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 became a popular or a common part of youth popular culture, as ice cream shops were culturally acceptable meeting places for youth, and milkshakes became symbolic of the innocence of youth. I don't. I think that's maybe a stretch, but sure. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into this history because I gotta know. I gotta know. Right. Can we when can we mention the milkshake? terminology real quick? 
Oh, go hit hit me. What do you got? Uh, Rhode Island residents sometimes refer to milkshakes oh, yeah. as cabinets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Why? Cabinets doesn't say why. Because uh, that's where I you put re- a blender. You keep the blender in your cabinet. It's like I'm gonna have a cabinet. I get remember... the milkshake out. Milkshake out. Milk, bleh, bleh. Or is it a cabinet <laughs> like a presidential uh, presidential team? <laughs> yeah. Like you set up ah, your cabinet. Damn it, Tim. You got me. Your milkshakes, like, like, oh, here's my secretary of of syrup. Sprinkles. There we go. Here's I accidentally sp- typed into Google, where did the milk snake originate? It <laughs> <laughs> said the milk snake. <laughs> Laportius triangulum, commonly known as the milk snake. <laughs> it's a species of king snake. <laughs> uh, oops. Uh, but what I found is that it originates in the U.S. because milkshakes use syrup, and that's when syrup, like... The U.S. was the one that used syrup first, I guess. I don't know. We that uh, just seems so impossible to me, but I guess. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. going to uh, tell me why they call them cabinets. cabinets. Uh, the, I should find. I out. do remember uh, the podcast. Good job, brain covered this Which years ago. At this point, yeah, they are back. Yeah, um, yeah, they covered this years ago. At this point, uh, I cannot remember. I, I, I think it was some kind of like a rhyming slang situation. Where it it wasn't like quite uh, like it has it has to do with what uh, like some of the the one of the ways that was made like sounding like something else and like that's the best guess we have like it's not it's not a hundred percent we don't exactly know where it came from but it is it's originalism wow it does exist it sounds like let's see uh, the most popular uh, one is the explanation is that it's cabinets where the blender was kept. Um, okay. So I'm very I mean, un- unoriginal. I don't, I don't. I don't call my car a garage. That's true. I don't. I don't call like. All right. Like what, where if the I'm name gonna actually make, comes from? It, no, I mean. Yep, go ahead. I'm. I'm. I. I, I believe you. No, I'm no, no. I'm, I was about to tell you. Oh, okay. No, no. That was just. That's a common theory. Like that's what uh, a common belief. But yeah. where it actually comes from? Oh, is uh. A popular soda fountain drink called the Royal Cabinet, which is from Chicago. Oh my gosh! So, uh, Royal Cabinet, a Chicago drink. You need one ounce orange syrup, half an ounce of catawaba syrup, one <laughs> egg, what half ounce cream, and carbonated water, baby. You take that in a Boston <laughs> shaker. What's a carbonated water, from... baby. You throw syrups, <laughs> egg, oh, no. and cream. Just oh, that's, one that's egg. Just a... That's a forest nymph, Tim. It's fine. Is oh. it a raw egg? It must be a w- raw egg. Yeah. Well, we're going to get it's into an egg it. egg cream. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I just, I found a picture that someone did of a milk snake wrapped around a milkshake. Oh, very good. It's extremely cute. It's got a tiny cherry on its head. It does. Um. Anyway, when the term milkshake was first used in print in 1885, which means... I guess people were using it before then, if it made it into print. Uh, Milkshakes were an alcoholic whiskey drink that has been described as a... uh, Wow, I never want to have a drink described as sturdy. Mm. Described as a sturdy, healthful eggnog type of drink with eggs, whiskey, etc. Served as a tonic as well as a treat. Yeah. Wow. Sturdy, huh? Sturdy Mm. and healthful. Hmm. By 1900, the term referred to wholesome drinks made with chocolate, strawberry, or vanilla syrups, 
And by the early 1900s, people were asking for the new treat, often with ice cream. So it didn't have it. Yo, you got that new treat? You got that? <laughs> hey, you know that hey, new Jerry. treat you're listening? Look exactly. At <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, I'm looking at the history. Pour some milkshake onto a rotary phone. <laughs> lark, lark. I, 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 am, I am fascinated now by milkshake, milkshake slang. So in the in the 1940s and 50s, they're talking about uh, how popular diners and stuff, you know, were all just serving milkshakes because hey, it's the it's the big thing. And says uh, soda fountain staff had their own jargon. So I'm going to name some of these things. If you haven't read this already, you sure you let me know what you think it means. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to guess any of this. But go ahead. I'll start off easy. White cow. Oh, that's vanilla. Yeah, burn one all the way. Uh, uh, is that just straight chocolate? Cl- chocolate with fudge. A close a chocolate malted with chocolate ice cream. Oh uh, wow! Okay, sh- all right. Sh- shake one in the hay. <laughs> in the I'm hay. sorry. What? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> shake one in the hay. Uh, the only thing I can think of is this: this is like a chocolate and vanilla mix. Like no. it's a like a cowtail. I, I have no idea where they come up with this one. It's just a strawberry shake. Oh yeah, I got no. nothing. And oh then, straw, Tim. It's straw. Oh straw. Oh yeah. yeah. And then uh, twist it, choke it, and make it cackle. Absolutely not. No, uh, not doing that. Twist it, choke it, make it It's it's going to be real, it's egg like it's got extra egg or something. It does have egg right? in it. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, make chocolate, a cackle. That's chocolate a... malted with an egg. Dang. Malted with an egg. Yep. Wow. I came closer to this than I lo- than I like. <laughs> I just don't understand why <laughs> why you make restaurant slow you know jargon like this that is longer than the actual order. <laughs> I I don't know. We don't know. we one of these episodes we're gonna have to like talk about. Yeah, like there's probably a page here for restaurant jargon, right? Probably short order, short oh, order probably. terminology. I'm sure that there's probably a book about it, honestly. Anyway, I'm gonna have to look that up on StoryGraph later. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of. <laughs> oh no! In uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading. I'm continuing to read through the page. In 2006, the U.S. Agricultural Research Service developed sugar reduced reduced sugar rather. Low-fat milkshakes for lunch programs. Cool. Mm. What? Delicious. Half the sugar and only 10% of the fat. I mean, Schools great. need a milkshake machine or soft-serve ice cream machine to serve the milkshakes. Listen, I so want milkshakes? kids to be able to think that they're, like, if they're going to be getting lunches at school, like, why not? Like, give they them something are. that they do want to eat. But, like, also, this feels like, why would you do this to a child? <laughs> they also, this feels uh, mean. <laughs> They also yeah. uh, shake this one in the hay because they've added fiber and other nutrients to it. No. And they're much less lactose. Well, that's yeah. good. Um, yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Christopher Mueller, uh, the director of the Center for <laughs> Multi-Unit Restaurant Management at Orlando's University of Central Florida, said that, quote, uh, I can't even say this, say this straight, um, quote, milkshakes remind us of summer, youth and indulgence and oh my quote. gosh it, there's no there's an m break uh, there's an m high uh, m dash there he means like there's a hard break yep 
and, just... and continues, yep, uh, quote, they are evocative of a time gone by, end quote. Mm-hmm. And then he states that they are enormously profitable since the drinks contain so much air. Yeah, it's... Mm. <laughs> that is a strange way to go about it. Yep. Yeah. A 2016 article stated that chefs are trying out innovative ideas with milkshakes to keep customers interested in the drinks. I don't think you need to keep people interested in milkshakes. I don't know. Like, milkshake does, bores do they... me. <laughs> do they go out of style? They're, they're from a time gone by. This oh, cold, God. sweet thing is so yesterday. Do you have anything bitter and on fire? I like how there's a picture of one here that says, This milkshake was made using liquid nitrogen. Vapor can still be seen forming at the top. It's like, cool. Oh, it just, it is cool. Extremely uh-huh. cool. Um, all right. I have to get to the largest ape known to man. Yeah. <laughs> From here. I like how there's a section that's used in protest, use in protests and in mm-hmm. popular culture. Yeah. That's good. Remember when they were like, oh, they're putting. <laughs> And cement, cement in the milk cement in, oh, yes. so good yeah what well i mean time. these people are getting this, these milkshakes to take home to their family you know beautiful yeah anyway i'm sorry i'm not even gonna do this it's this is a dumb joke i'm not going there uh but yes yeah that was an entire thing for a little while and it's hold on it's incredible to me that there will be blood is not on this page. I was oh, about yeah. to look. I, I was looking for that. That's literally what I was going to say. I'm like, yeah. how is I mean, that not can, on here? You can definitely add it. Milkshake. I remember. Here. I mean, Master Shake is on here from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of my earliest memories uh, from Reddit years and years ago was a is. Geez, again, I must have been a teenager when I saw this. No, I mean, yeah, There Will Be Blood would have just come out that year. Yep. And someone did a um, a, a meme where they did that uh, I Drink Your Milkshake like scene, but they replaced Daniel Day-Lewis with a Shiba Inu. And I'm not, I don't remember the why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember why that was there. But like that's in my head. And so it's just like, a dog making those faces yeah and like with human hands of course like they just put the head in place and doing the like the straw and i like the i drink your milkshake like it's It's in your head it's it's been there for oh my gosh probably yeah 15 years probably i don't know what to do with this i'm i'm upset that it's still there but here we are here we are uh i'm looking at the vandalism on this page now (laughs) i was Um, gonna ask about that there's one very good one where someone just added milkshakes are the best. So go to steak and shake S T A K E steak in shake and treat yourself like a queen. Our King. Uh, beautiful. No, you know what? That is a, you know, yeah. Follow your bliss, right? Follow your bliss. It's very good. <sighs> so the options that I have here, I mean like the most the most likely ones here are going uh, links that are going to get me here are going to be any of these movie people in the popular culture section. I'm not clicking Woody Allen, but New York is where most of the, that story or the end part of that story happens. That's true. Um, but I'm not doing it. So let's see. Let's see. Uh, well, I guess Jimmy Fallon's there too. 
I just don't want to click a, a movie thing right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to come up with something different right now. Uh, let's Steve go Buscemi. with. <laughs> no, you don't. I I. There's literally I'm a movie ha- called Manhattan. Yeah, I know. But also, by but by by Woody Allen. I got you. <laughs> yes. I mean, I will say, uh, yeah, Steve Buscemi really honestly is one of the ones that I almost clicked regardless, though. Even yeah. even so. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. I got to think about this. I think, yeah, this is almost one where I wish I, where Tim, I wish Tim might have had the lead. I I think I'm going to try. Let's see. <laughs> Not clicking Aquatine Hunger Force. I mean, Woolworths is another thing. Ray Kroc uh, getting to like uh, sure. McDonald's would be something. Jeez, <sighs> I I just have to keep thinking about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna click on something just to give me give me a moment to take a take another angle here. Uh, let's just go with. Um, uh let's do the soda fountain I, i'm just clicking that and moving on from there okay oh man soda i was gonna click fountain. soda fountain were you really yes uh oh but i had a backup just in case well good uh i think <laughs> i'm gonna try archie comics wow all right oh dang it tim that is a good poll i should have thought about that like that all right, so uh, <laughs> this guy's like, why did none of them go with like the blatant popular cultures? Oh, that's because that's not how we roll. You all find your own path, Tim. I actually thought you were going to, but all right. Uh, Soda fountain is you a device that dispenses. Uh, why? Why did I talk you out? <laughs> you were so convincing. Wow. Uh, first time anyone has ever listened to me. A soda fountain is a device that dispenses carbonated soft drinks called fountain drinks. They can be found in restaurants, concession stands, and other locations such as convenience stores. I like that they specify that convenience stores are their own other thing where soda fountains can be found. Uh, They combine flavored syrup or syrup concentrate and carbon dioxide with chilled and purified water. Did I read that? Yeah, purified water to make soft drinks either manually or in a vending machine. Wait, Whoa. hold on. In a, mm, do they do they mean that people are still doing this manually? Is that what they're saying? Am I reading that correctly? What do you What do you mean? Well, it says they can be the device can be, yeah. combines flavored syrup, concentrate, and carbon dioxide with chilled and purified water to make soft drinks either manually or in a vending machine. Like, right. Is it doing it manually, or I mean, if it's mixing them, it's already a thing. No, I right? think someone. I think I mean, at like a diner or something. Some, I mean, someone might still mix them. Yeah, I guess you're right. But huh. I don't. I think that's very, very rare. Yeah, that's at the diner that's like a hundred years old, and it's like, come see us make the milkshakes. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The term may also refer to a small eating establishment or lunch counter, common from the late 19th century until the mid 20th century often inside a drugstore or other business where a soda jerk served carbonated beverage, beverages. You, you also skipped over today. I, the syrup often is pumped from a special container called a bag and box or a bib. A, a bib. Yeah. That's great. You just get 
just get your uh, get your bibs out and uh, get the syrup in there. <laughs> soda fountain is also referred to as a post-mix machine in some markets. Any brand of soft drink that is available as post-mix syrup may be dispensed by a fountain. Oh my goodness. I don't know why that seems so sinister to me. It, it feels weird, doesn't it? Like, it, it really does. Okay, so I have to share two images with you all here. One of which is this one, uh, where a soda jerk is serving an ice cream soda. And I it's so weird to me that they have to specify his left hand rests on the tap of a soda fountain. His right hand in this picture is holding a glass, right. like a, a malted beverage of some kind. I don't know why they have to specify that it's his left hand that's on the tap of the soda fountain. I would never have mistaken that other hand, like the glass, for the. Is this the fountain? What if it's very strange? What if they're just saying not? They're not making it the point that it's his left hand, but it's his left hand. <laughs> what if it was someone else's left hand? Some someone arguing. Yes. Oh, oh, that's better. Yeah. I thought it was an argument between someone on Wikipedia and someone else like, no, no, for him, it would be his left hand. But for us looking at it, it's a, it's the right hand. But and so someone, you know, like there's a back and forth in the edits. I'm like, no, it's his left hand. <laughs> uh, and then I also have to share this, an early soda fountain from an 1872 engraving, which that's that's mm. really old, but also like. I feel like this is like two steps away from a, like a player organ, a player piano. <laughs> like all you need to do is put like a little a little machine in there, and that so- that will also play you a song while it makes you a soda. See, the thing uh, is, all, all of, oh, oh yeah, go ahead, Sky. No, I was gonna say this is like that that uh, oh, there's a name for it that chess like that chess robot. Oh, that was oh, a, um, that was a spoof. There's just somebody in this. This? <laughs> oh, uh, with the, some buckets. Oh, so I was going to say this reminds yeah, me of the, the cat piano. Oh no! <laughs> where each each of the little spigots is connected on the other end to a uh, just a little a little tiny bowl with a kitten next to it. Aww. Oh no! And it gives a little milkshake and it gives a little appreciative mew when you. Mew. And then you just uh, good. And this is a nightmare. Coffee? Nectar. What did uh, say? Some pineapple arctic. <laughs> Sorry, what? Tag yourself. Are you are oh. you ginger arctic? Oh my! I guess these yeah. all say art. Is that maybe that's not arctic? I I'm not. Where are you reading this? Yeah, I'm not on the machine, it. above each on, of the little the little oh, taps. There's oh, lemon. Oh, you zoomed in. Yeah, there's raspberry, lemon, vanilla, chocolate, ginger. Wow, ginger milkshake is wild. Oh, that would be so good. Coffee. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. there's that Catawba. Yeah, I I mean I would go ginger. That sounds extremely good. But I'm Arctic probably if we're being more apparatus. if we're being more honest, I'm probably lemon. Uh yeah. Maybe it's supposed to be nectarine. Maybe. But they Maybe. managed to fit the word pineapple. If they can fit pineapple, they could fit mm. Maybe it's just a mistake. Flavored syrups. <laughs> mm, yeah, and then today's then just boxo syrups. Boxes I'm sorry, of syrups bibs. on a shelf. Oh, here's the bibs. This is terrifying. These are just cardboard boxes with nozzles stuck to them. Yeah. With, I guess, yeah. There's and then one nozzle that also runs to a tank. 
for the carbonation. Oh, that's unfortunate. Take all of the fun out of it. I mean, obviously, it's still the same idea, but like just extrapolated to the, you know, the nth degree of like, oh, what's the cheapest way we can make this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So that's the last thing I need to see on this page. Uh, (laughs) The, the, there aren't a ton of links on here, but I had a couple of things that I wanted to maybe go with. So one of them being do, 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 let's see, they did have soft drinks, restaurants, convenience stores to do, do. I was thinking that it might be fun. Whoa, what? Oh, uh, demand. Oh, okay. They're saying that part of the reason that they're even there was even the option for bottled water. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. Are you just hang on a second part? I wondered how you <laughs> how I skipped skip. the actual history part here. Yeah, this is bonkers. The soda fountain was an attempt to replicate mineral mineral waters that bubbled up from the earth. Great. Why is that earth capitalized? It's all it's just earth. Uh, many, many civilizations believed that drinking and bathing in mineral waters cured diseases. Large industries often sprang up around hot springs, such as bath in England. <laughs> just. Just the whole place called Bath, and or the many onsen of Japan. Although vessels to bottle and transport water were part of the earliest civilizations, citation sure. there because that's a that's a pretty big that 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 citation is carrying a lot of water for this. <laughs> bottling water began began in the United Kingdom with the first water bottling at the Holy Well in 1621. Mm. What? The demand for bottled water was fueled in large part by the resurgence in spa going and water therapy among European and American colonists in the 17th and 18th centuries. The first commercially distributed water in America was bottled and sold by Jackson Spa in Boston in 1767. Are you kidding me? That's that old? Yeah, makes sense. Because the next sentence, early drinkers of bottled spa waters believed that the water of these mineral springs had therapeutic properties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I can't click New York City, which is actually just here. You can't. But Oh, I thought we weren't I thought we couldn't click locations. Not countries, right? Right. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm going to click New York City then. Oh. Yeah, we've definitely boy. been to New York City before. Gonna do it. Dang. Tim. Archie, Archie Comics. Comics is an American comic book publisher headquartered in Pelham, New York. The company's many titles feature the fictional teenagers Archie Andrews, Jughead Jones, Betty Cooper, Veronica Lodge, Reggie Mantle, Sabrina Spellman, and Josie and the Pussycats. I just like how teenagers is a linked word in that in that sentence. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta know as much as you can, right? What? Tell me Y'all. more about these teenagers. I had no Listen. idea that Sabrina the Teenage Witch was an Archie comic. Oh, she is. Oh, yes. uh, yeah, she is a entrenched part of that comics universe. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, okay, so that just just for the fun of it, this is a this is a, a thought a thought experiment that people in in a certain Discord that I'm in do occasionally to see how many steps away a, a certain character or property is from the Rabbids. Oh. Uh, and she, by being connected to Archie. By being connected to Sonic the Hedgehog, by being connected to Mario, 
by being connected to the rabbits is only five steps away. <laughs> wow. So yeah. so technically, Sabrina, it, the Teenage Witch, is in the rabbits universe. Oddly it's enough, canon. this Archie Comics article does not mention Sonic the Hedgehog. Weird. I thought so, too. Oh, I'm joking. I was making a joke. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, anyway, Archie Comics was also the title of the company's longest-running publication, first issue appearing with a cover date of winter 1942. Starting with issue 70, the title was shortened to simply Archie. The flagship series was relaunched from issue number one in July 2015 with a new look and design suited for a new generation of readers. Although after number 32, it reverted to its historic numbering with 699. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> nice. let's just say let's just say you get in on this on on number 32 of this new series and like oh where's number 33 oh sorry there's no number 33 you have to go now to number 699 <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot of different eras they were once part of pep comics uh See here. Maurice Coyne, Louis Sil- Silberkleite, and John Goldwater sure. formed MLJ Magazines. Started publishing in September 1939. Uh, MLJ's first comic book, published in September 1939, was Blue Ribbon Comics, with the first half full color and the last half in red and white tints. The first issue featured Rangatang the Wonder Dog. <laughs> <laughs> In November oh, 1939. Yeah? I gotta show you this. Oh, there's not a bigger coffee cover of this. Uh, I'll yeah. try to find it. In November 1939, Pep Comics debuted with The Shield, the first USA patriotic comic book, Hero, created by writer oh. and managing editor Harry Shorten. Top Notch Comics was launched in December 1941. Uh, until March 1944, the cover feature of Pep was The Shield when Archie took over the cover. The Shield was a forerunner of Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's Captain America being published 13 months earlier. Interesting. Amazing. I mean, I I guess that's a forerunner, sure. Mm -hmm. In the 70s and 80s, Oh my gosh. There's Rangatang. Rangatang's attacking some sort of goblin that has an axe that has Hitler tied up. I don't know if that's Hitler or uh, Charlie Chaplin. That no, looks yeah, like Charlie Chaplin, but it's also Charlie Chaplin playing Hitler. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know why this dog is on the Nazi. I side. like, I like how um, the headliner is basically you. You see Ringatang, and then like sharing headline space with Hercules. Hercules, modern champion, the modern of justice. champion of justice. It's a good and cover. The, Richie the Rangatang kid. Yep. Wait, so the kid is the sidekick to this dog, right? As it should be. Hold on. <laughs> so, so how do we suspect? How do we think that conversation went? Like this dog is like, "Hey, I got top you know, billing I, here." Yeah. Someone's agent was working overtime. Is all I have to say. What's weird is it's like the the dog's name is Rangatang. Yeah. And the boy's name is Richie, but he's the Rangatang kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very, there's definitely Neither steps of them are it. orangutans. Right. That's, a, that's key. 
that's yeah there's a lot going on there in the 1970s and 80s spire christian comics a line of comic books by fleming h revel obtained license to feature the archie characters in several of its titles including archie sunshine and i'm sure you can tell me how that is spelled archie's roller Uh, coaster yeah okay s-o-n s-h-i-n-e archie's roller coaster archie's family album and archie's parables these comics used Archie and his friends to tell stories with strong Christian themes and morals, sometimes incorporating Bible scripture. In at least one oh instance... Oh my gosh, I remember this. In at least one instance, the regular characters met a Christ-like figure on the beach and listen as he gently preaches Christian values. Oh my gosh, I remember this. I've, I've seen these. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's see. Uh, Archie Comics sued music duo The Veronicas for trademark infringement in 2005 over the band name. Uh, Man, there's so much here. Yeah, this is a big page. I, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm page? just looking at New York City over here. Just the entire <laughs> page. Uh, where was Afterlife with Archie? Afterlife? Can't... Every every like old classic comic book thing always gets a series where they fight zombies. Oh yeah. So in October 2013, Archie Comics launched its first horror title, Afterlife with Archie, depicting Archie and the gang dealing with the zombie apocalypse that begins in their hometown of Riverdale. <laughs> uh, the first Archie Comics title to be sold exclusively to comic shops and to carry a rating of teen plus. Wow. Uh, the series adapted the Archie characters into a world with adult themes and horror tropes, including zombies, the occult, demons, and Cthulhu. Oh man, Cthulhu's linked. <clears throat> but I think I have a better option to link to. Uh, I am. I mean, you almost have to. Yep. Um. Let's see here. I am going though to click on. Uh, in 2001, Universal Studios and Metro Goldwyn Mayer released Josie and the Pussycats based on the comic of the same name. I'm clicking on Universal Studios. Oh, Dang Tim. It. Dang it, Tim. Uh, you're getting you're getting a little bit ahead of me here. Um, well, well. Uh, New York, everyone. <laughs> New York City. Yep. Often simply called New York. <laughs> the Big Apple. So what it says here is that it's often simply called New York, which is probably confusing for everyone else who lives in New York State that is not part of the city. No, actually, it's not. That's not confusing. <laughs> it's confusing for everyone else. <laughs> because if you're not from the city. Right. What do you say, say? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from New York. Oh, the city. Even if I say I'm from Western New York. Oh, don't know what borough that is. But oh, okay. I see. Oh, no, you're saying it's just all us being stupid. That's what. Right. Got it. <laughs> so, so actually, what this would be, um, the like the more accurate way to just to, to have this page phrase this would be: New York City, often mistaken for the state of New York, is the most populous city in the United States. Yeah, uh, with an estimated 2019 population of eight million people, 8.3 uh, distributed over about 302 square miles. What? Yeah, square miles. That's what it says. New York City is also the most densely populated major city in the United States. Great. I I have friends that live in New York. 
and I would not speak ill of it, but I would be so glad if we just collectively decided to stop centering books and movies and everything else in New York City. Please stop putting stuff, setting stuff in New York City. Things happen in other places. I'm sorry. This is this is a thing that's that that is a like an axe that I continue to grind every time I read any anything where everything is just centered in and and, and New York City is actually kind of another character in the story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cannot stay. Oh, it's yeah. Um, d- having lived in New York proper, um, what was your view of New York City? Uh, both of you, like what, like growing up, like what did you think of New York City from outside of New York City? I thought of it as like a se- like separate from the state. Yeah, no kidding. Like it's oh, like yeah. its own thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. And also like. It didn't matter as far as like state politics, like what it would just go like what the city wanted. Fair enough. Yeah, and but, the, the city basically considers the rest of the state a whole separate thing from it too. Yeah, I could, I would believe that. Yeah. Um. However, there are some parts of New York that don't agree with you, uh, because going down to the tourism section, talking right. about I love New York, stylized I heart New York and uh, why. Is both a logo and a song oh, that nice. are the basis of an advertising campaign that have been used since 1977 to produce, to produce, to produce tourism, to promote tourism in New York City, and later to promote New York State as well. Do you all? Uh, do you feel like this is uh, that it, that it is actually part of New York State, or is it, or is that focused all on the city to you? What the I love New York? Yeah, the I heart New York, and why? I always thought of it as the city. Tim. Um. Back when I saw the ad campaigns, like they did try to mention a lot of stuff outside of the city. So I actually have a more okay. mixed uh, view of it. Well, according to this, the song is the state song of New York. So how many other states can say they have a song that's just literally about their state? Uh, that's just an advertising campaign. Uh, uh, one of my favorite parts. They say, they say, I love New York is the song. Yeah. I always thought the state song was just New York, New York. I mean, according to Wikipedia, man, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh we have been on the, we've done this long enough to know. To never no, I guess anything. I guess it is I love New York. Okay. Wow. Cool. Well, I was wrong. Did we we actually learn something tonight? Okay. Uh one of my favorite parts of this page is the in the culture and contemporary life, the mention here of pace. I'll read you the entire section. One of the most common traits attributed to New York City is its fast pace, which spawned the term New York Minute. Journalist Walt Whitman. Journalist Walt Whitman? Yeah. That's yeah. the that's of all the, the things that... to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Journalist Walt Whitman. I, I breezed right past that. <laughs> I mean Journalist Walt Whitman. I mean Yopper, <laughs> Yopper, Walt Whitman, wild Yopper. Is yeah, what they should got, always yeah. pronounce them as. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> characterized New York streets as being traversed by hurrying, feverish, electric crowds, end quote. Huh. <laughs> That's the entire section. I I very much appreciate that the section about the pace of New York City is itself only two sentences long. <laughs> it's very brief and somewhat inaccurate. <laughs> 
which is probably <laughs> probably the result of being you know two sentences long uh i have always i i've always thought the the phrase new york's new new york minute is very weird i i as if to say like it moves faster there like like but i'm like it, it can't like this uh, time is i mean yes i suppose relative but it's also like I don't know that it, it, <laughs> it leads me to believe that it's like actually moving like at a higher rate of speed, like the, like turning faster on the earth or something. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I really wanted to say about New York. We've been here before. I do remember this because there's a section here talking about how it is actually about, uh, uh, like the, the original name or like the actual, uh, what was it? Goat? Like, gotham as a goat essentially it was like the initial uh, source for gotham like right. that, that's where it came from so yeah. anyway not was what i was here for what i actually came here for the the entire reason that i wanted to come here was to talk about skyscrapers which is linked pretty early on in the in the article i'm clicking uh many of the city's landmarks skyscrapers and parks are known around the world i can think of one park in in new york that i know uh, but you know, whatever. I'm clicking skyscrapers. Uh... Okay. Do you know? Can you think of two? <laughs> that takes you to what? The tallest buildings in New York City. List of tallest buildings. Oh, I thought it was going to go to actual skyscrapers. Yeah. Mm, but give me a second. I can find does... one. I can find something that there has to be another like actual. I mean, to that. <laughs> there is a specific. There's a specific skyscraper. I I know there is, and I, I I guess yeah. Oh yeah, no, I didn't see this in the next sentence. Okay, the Empire State <laughs> Building has become yeah the global standard of reference to describe the height. That's true, isn't it? That's very weird. That is the Empire State Building has become the global standard of reference to describe the height and length of other structures. It's very weird. I I never thought about that before. <laughs> I went to New York City once, and it was for a. Uh, like student journalism conference when I was okay. working for, for the paper in college. And we, we went to the basement of the Empire State Building. So like <laughs> it was like in the opposite of like what you were in the Empire State Building for. Mm-hmm. It's like so I was good. in the Empire State Building's basement. B2. <laughs> it was dark and they had like one projector and it was very dumb. That's Did you try to throw a penny off of it? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. That's really good. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Uh, Tim. So Universal I, Studios. I clicked on Universal Studios thinking it would take me to the theme park. Uh, but it took oh. me to Universal Pictures. Yeah. No, Universal oh, well, that's Studios better. is the studio, right? Yes. Yeah. So founded in 1912. By a bunch of people that I'm not going to name. It's the sure. oldest surviving film studio <laughs> in the United States. Sure. And the world's fifth oldest. After Gaumont, Pathé, Titanus, and Nordisk Film. And is the oldest member oh, yes. of Hollywood's Big Five Studios in terms of the overall film market. Mm-hmm. Studios are located in Universal City, California. And its corporate offices are located in New York City. Wow. New York City. Yeah. All right. We had to do it. I'm sorry. We're done. Yep. And let's see here. 
there is, you know, they started and then they made some films. Uh, Universal Studios was founded by Carl Lem- Lemmy, Mark Dintonfast. This is why I didn't name the names. Charles O. Bauman, <laughs> Adam Kessel, Pat Powers, William Swanson, David Horsley, Robert H. Cochrane, and Jules Brulatur. One story has Lemmy watching a box office for hours, counting patrons and calculating the day's takings. Within weeks of his Chicago trip, Lemmy gave up dry goods to buy the first buy the first several Nickelodeons. Mm. I mean, I don't know oh. why you would have to give up give eating up dry, dry goods. goods. And just go to an <laughs> illiquid diet. I don't understand. That's strange. That is weird. It's a different time. Yep. Uh, let's see here. For him and other such <laughs> entrepreneurs, the creation of 1908, in 1908 of the Edison-backed motion picture patents company, or the Edison Trust, meant that exhibitors were expected to pay fees for trust-produced films they showed. Uh, the trust collected fees on all aspects of movie production and exhibition and attempted to enforce monopoly and distribution. Soon, Lamy and other disgruntled Nickelodeon owners decided to avoid paying Edison by producing their own pictures. Wow. Wow. So, um, I'm, glad, I'm glad that Thomas Edison, being his usual jerk self, yep. helped pave the way for innovation. Hey, that's, that's how it works, you know? Well, you gotta have once those in his jerks. life, mm-hmm. yeah. That they're actually good, see? Mm. Hmm. See here. I really like that one of these headlines is the the Lamies the Lamies lose control. Yep. <laughs> it's a very good right. headline. Yeah. Um uh, in early 1927, Universal had been negotiating deals with cartoon producers since they wanted to get back into producing them. On March 4th, Charles Mintz <laughs> signed a contract with Universal in the president presence of its vice president. Who cares who it was in the presence of? Uh, I, I'm, I'm. When you say cartoon producers, I, I immediately read that as though the producers themselves are cartoons. That'd be great. And it's just like a stick figure. <laughs> uh, Mince, sign, sign on the me. <laughs> Mince's company, Winkler Pictures, Winkler Pictures, was to produce 26 Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoons for Universal. Walt Disney and wow. Oob Iwerks created the character, and the Walt Disney Studio provided the animation for the cartoons under Winkler's supervision. Uh, films enjoyed a successful theatrical run, and Mintz would sign a contract with Universal ensuring three more years of Oswald cartoons. However, after Mintz had unsuccessfully demanded that Disney accept a lower fee for producing the films, Mintz took most of Walt's animators to work at his own studio. Disney and Iwerks would create Mickey Mouse in secret while they finished the remaining Oswald films <laughs> they were contractually obligated to finish. Mm. Boom. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow! Uh, in February, oh, in February 2006, <laughs> NBC Universal sold all the Disney animated Oswald cartoons, along with the rights to the characters himself, to the character himself, to the Walt Disney Company. In return, oh, okay. In return, Disney released ABC sportscaster Al Michaels from his contract so he could work <laughs> on NBC's recently acquired Sunday Night NFL Football package. Okay, what a good trade. okay, okay, Al, we found a way to get you out of this. <laughs> We're going to trade you <laughs> for a 30s cartoon rabbit. <laughs> oh, my god! Amazing. Beautiful. Uh, so, um, King Kong is on here. What? However, King Kong is only linked in lists. Are we <gasps> able to use lists? Yeah. It's in a list of film series. Yeah, that sounds, 
it's not it's not like an ending thing it's you know right. what i mean it's not like oh a yeah like a like a footer kind of thing yeah yeah uh so yeah i will oh man kung fu panda this highest grossing films list must not be taking inflation into account. It says the number one Universal Pictures like film is Jurassic World. Second, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Third, The Secret Life of Pets. Whoa, and this, what? Is ju- this is just in North America. Yeah, and this is just North America. E.T. is number five. Jurassic Park is number six. Like, it's gotta be just it just costs more mm-hmm. this list is wild to. it has to sing is on this list it's number 11 meet, meet the, the fockers meet, is on this yeah i was gonna say meet the fockers is number nine how this is seems suspect. how is fast and the furious furious seven is on set is, is, is <laughs> furious yeah. seven is number seven um but oh, i don't get it that's wild Pure seven is number two of nationwide though, or worldwide. Uh, Jurassic so, World is still on top though. I never saw that movie. It looked kind of dumb. Which one? Jurassic World. Oh yeah, yeah also have not. Yeah. And then the sequel. Yes, the sequel kind of gets even dumber. Good. Uh, but I clicked on King Kong. Congratulations. Thank you. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Sold Christmas and The Grinch are separate. Oh, I forgot The Grinch happened, the animated one. Yeah. In yeah. 2018. Just, just the, the CG sort of one. The film library. Just, I mean, because you can't, you can't possibly have all of the, you know, properties owned on here. So you have to be selective in what you put on this list. Mm-hmm. But they have Time Cop on here. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Beethoven. Uh-huh. The dog. Cla- no, Tim. Yeah, yes, the dog. I like I like how they have they have the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. But then right mm. beneath that it says dot 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 of the dead. Which is another property, oh, but it just it just looks like it says the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy of the oh, dead. Of <laughs> yeah. the dead. Oh. Uh, the Amazing. man with dot 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 Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. <laughs> perfect. Oh, they are, they should be proud to own the Fifty Shades movie series. Oh yeah, wow. that was such like a uh, flash in the pan. Remember how that was like so big for that little the little for two time? days. Yeah, yeah. It's also the the wow. way they have this organized too. We'll 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 group we'll group different properties within whatever year they have their ownership in so like 2017 to the present as the snowman happy death mm. day and the boss oh baby all in one <laughs> package <laughs> that's a that's a that's a narrative right there mm-hmm. uh 2016 to the present has the secret life of pets trolls sing and the unbreakable f- film series wow I want to see a computer animated like unbreakable movie <laughs> with the trolls. Yep. Yeah. So hey, you yeah. want to talk about the Empire State Building at all? Not particularly. Uh, just the one note here that I I 
I was moderately curious about this kind of thing just because I was like, it's a really tall building. So, and this made me think of a thing that a friend of mine uh, does these uh, essentially stair races essentially for, for charity. Yeah. And, and I was not disappointed. The Empire State Building run up a foot race from the ground level to the 86th floor observation deck has been held annually since 1978. I, I like this note here. Its participants are referred to as both runners and as climbers. <laughs> uh, I mean, after a couple of flights, you probably do like the climb, the stair climb thing. There's like the, the hand over foot thing. Um, and are often tower running enthusiasts, which was oh, wow. not a thing I knew was mm. a thing. I clicked on it. It's a real... Okay. Uh, the race covers a vertical distance of 1,050 feet. Uh, and takes in one or 1,576 steps. The record time, I, I cannot believe this. The record time is nine minutes and 33 seconds. Whoa. Uh, achieved, yeah, yeah, 1,500 steps. At climbing climbing 1,000 feet in nine minutes. That's um, achieved incredible. by Australian professional cyclist because of course he was. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, at a climbing rate of 6,593 feet per hour. Uh, tower running, I, I have to note here, I, I clicked through to this, is a sport that involves uh, running up tall man-made structures, uh, usually in, in the internal staircases of skyscrapers, but also it can be anything. Like, they can be anything that has a course that ascends the structure. Uh, they list a couple here. Uh, they're in a lot of the world's tallest structures, like Taipei 101, uh, the Minara Tower, uh, Willis Willis Tower, CN, you know, like and on. There's one in the there's one at the Eiffel Tower, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but these are uh, like it's a it's something that is there's a tower running World Cup, like which makes me think of like the Kentucky Derby. Um. But, all right, you would think that this would be, uh, you know, a, a sport like this would start because, you know, someone got drunk and made a bet, you would think, right? Like, that's that's the initial thing that you think right away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what that's exactly what happened. Uh, one of the first known reports of stair running uh, took place in London in 1730. A barman at the Baptist Head Tavern on the Old Bailey took part in a challenge to see if he could run up the 311 steps uh, of the monument to the great fire of london and back down again in three minutes or less he managed to complete the challenge in two minutes and 32 seconds which was deemed quote an extraordinary performance uh oh i'm sorry i have to do that in accent because uh, it's in london extraordinary <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> uh yeah and then i guess it just went from there um yeah it, like in 1903 uh there was a there was a competitive stair race uh in uh in 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 paris on bastille day in 1905 the first known tower race was held at the eiffel tower <laughs> it took place in, on uh sunday 26 november and was organized by a public a publication called les sports <laughs> les sports that's the mm -hmm. name of the publication i just like that a lot anyway it's a real thing apparently uh and i guess <laughs> Tower running made its debut in the United States in seventeen or nineteen seventy eight when Fred LeBeau organized the first 
Empire State Building Run-Up, or as it as it abbreviates here, the ESBRU. The ESBRU event has run every year since and is the longest continually running Stara racing event in the world. Wow. Which, that's a niche title to hold, but you know what? Someone has to have the ESBRU title, right? Right. But wow. yeah, that's that's what I got. King Kong is mentioned like three times on this page. Ah, uh, one step away. Yeah, yeah. I would have been two if I if I hadn't read one more line on the page. <laughs> but yes. So congratulations, Tim. Good job, Thank Tim. You. King Kong. There's King a lot here. Kong is a big old ape, a fictional yeah. monster resembling an enormous ape. I mean. Is he is he only resembling an enormous ape, or is yeah, he a... in fact an enormous ape? <laughs> yeah, I'm he's sure just an enormous ape. Depends on the piece of culture you're dealing with. Mm. He has been dubbed the eighth wonder of the world, all in bold. Did yeah. you just say the eighth or the ape wonder of the world? Oh, ape. nice. <laughs> but ape would work too. <laughs> I the, the 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 way that you both said that so dryly just. I, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's see here. I first appeared in novelization of the 1933 film King Kong from RKO Pictures, with the film premiering a little over two months later. The film received universal acclaim upon its initial release and re-releases. A sequel quickly followed that same year with The Son of Kong, featuring Little Kong. <laughs> Little Kong and his and his journey to the top of the world fighting boxing circuit. Aww. In the 1960s, Toho produced King Kong vs. Godzilla, pitting a larger and more powerful Kong against Toho's own Godzilla. And King Kong Escapes, a spinoff loosely based on the King Kong Show. The what? The King Kong Show. <laughs> I know that this is probably like an action-adventure thing, but I'm imagining a sitcom where King Kong is, you know, what 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 do we think he does? Sell insurance? Like that's the that's one of the best things it could be doing, I, right? The first thing I thought of was the Gong Show. Except oh. except <laughs> instead of your act being stopped by someone hitting a gong, it just gets stopped by a giant ape flattening you. There you yeah. Go. Reasonable. The Kong Show would be great. <laughs> I mostly brought us here for Marianne Cooper. For Marion Cooper? Yeah. Let's see. The creator uh, of the King Kong yes. film. Yeah. Or the character. Marion Cooper became fascinated by gorillas at the age of six. Who isn't? Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was given a book called Explorations and Adventures in Equatorial Africa by his uncle. Um, and they have various encounters with the natives and wildlife there. He fascinated with the stories involving the gorillas, in in particular, a depiction of a particular gorilla known for its extraordinary size that the natives described as invincible and the king of the African forest. Wow. Mm. Uh, when when uh, the Chalu, I, I don't know, it, it's the explorer that, that this book is about, um, encounter the gorilla later in the book, he describes it as a hellish dream creature. Oh. <laughs> It's just yeah. a gorilla. It's just a gorilla. This um, is just a real big gorilla, guys. When, when designing King Kong, Cooper wanted him to be a nightmarish gorilla monster. 
I mean, you did it. Good job. I mean, I don't know if I'd call him nightmarish, honestly, though. Uh, in a 1930 memo, he says, his hands and feet have the size and strength of steam shovels. His girth is that of a steam boiler. This is a monster <laughs> with the strength of 100 men. More terrifying is the head. A nightmare head with bloodshot eyes and jagged teeth set up on <laughs> a thick mat of hair. A face half beast, half man. It, a whole lot of steam in there. I was not expecting as much steam in that as I as there is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to direct your attention to the sidebar of in-universe inf- information. Uh, aliases Kong, the eighth wonder of the world, the king of the apes, the king of Skull <laughs> Island, the king of the jungle, king of the hollow earth. Family, Little Kong, 1933, Lady Kong, 1986, Baby Kong, <laughs> 1986, Deceased Parents, Monsterverse. Wow. It's just like Deceased Parents. Like, this is Kong's origin story. Like, well, yeah, this is how he became, became Batman. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. glad we both went to the same place yeah. there. Thank you. Uh, home, Skull Island, Mondo Island mm-hmm. on the King Kong show. Kong Island from Kong, the animated series, and Hollow Earth from the Monsterverse. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh, Just bleep all that. Cooper was very fond of strong, hard-sounding words that started with the letter K. <laughs> some, of his, mean... some of his favorite words were Komodo, Kodiak, and Kodak. I'm sorry. Citation. What? Yeah, what? Cooper That's cited. Hold on. I'm citation is citation there. Right yeah. Now. Please find. I'm doing it. Go when Cooper on. was so envisioning like... his giant terror gorilla idea, he wanted to capture a real gorilla from the Congo and have it <laughs> fight a real Komodo dragon on Komodo Island. What? Yeah. Okay, hang on a second. Living Dangerously, The Adventures of Marion C. Cooper, creator of King Kong. This is an actual. Uh, okay. This is an actual, like. Uh, Oh my gosh. Is this written by him? Is this an autobiography? No, this is just a straight up biography. I have to show you the, the cover of this of this biography though. I will share this here. Hang on. Oh, we get that. So like he was his friend went to Komodo Islands and he One said of his favorite that, words. Yeah, and it was this phrase along with Komodo and Komo and Co- Congo, uh, which is, you know, not a K word, but uh, <laughs> Uh, and his overall love of hard-sounding <laughs> K-words that gave him the idea to name the giant, giant ape Kong. He loved the name as it had a, quote, mystery sound, unquote, to it. What? What does that mean? A mystery sound. It's a good word. Like, Kong is a good word. Yeah. I mean, sure, but, but like, Can you imagine, like, just... him trying to figure it out? Like, so King, like, King is obvious, like, because that's, that's already a strong existing K-word. Like, so it would have just as logical for us to get to, like, Krog. King, or, like... King Kang? King <laughs> Kung? No. King no. King? King no, wait. Kang? <laughs> this is a good cover of him blowing smoke. And, and the smoke is, is King Kong fighting a... It's hero. just, yeah, it's just King Kong fighting a, a dinosaur. Living dangerously. Actually, no, uh... Marion, you didn't. All all no. your stories about other people that went and saw these things, you're like, wow, I love these wow. stories and the and K-words. K-words are great, oh. is how I imagine he sounds. Uh, just, what? I, I just, like, 
Yeah, yeah, it could have been any four, any three letters following call, uh, a letter K, and it could have <laughs> like, like we could have just as easily got to like King like Krug or like <laughs> like it could have just been like any. Oh my gosh, that's so that's so frustrating. I didn't know that it was that simple for him. It was just like I just like the sound. I like K words. Who doesn't like K words? Also, like. Kong changing size in the movie is by is like intentional by Cooper. <laughs> what? So says um uh says well creator Marion Cooper uh envisioned Kong as being forty to fifty feet tall. Animator Willis O'Brien and his crew built the models and set scaling Kong to be only eighteen feet tall on Skull <laughs> Island and then rescaled him to be twenty four <laughs> feet tall in New York. This did not stop Cooper from playing with the Kong size as he directed the special effects sequences and manipulated the size of the miniatures and the camera camera angles to make Kong appear a lot larger than O'Brien wanted, even as large as 60 feet in some scenes. As Cooper stated in an interview, I was a great believer in constantly changing Kong's height to fit the settings and and the illusions. He's different in almost every shot. Sometimes he's only 18 feet tall and sometimes 60 feet or larger. This, this smacks of, um, of, uh, Tommy Wiseau being like, yeah, dark comedy, <laughs> no, I did this on purpose. What I was going for, uh, yeah, you, this you broke know, every, I, this broke what? every rule that will be that will buy. Uh, that must be a, that must be a misspelling. It's O'Brien or O'Brien, O'Brien yeah. I think. And his animators had ever worked with, but I felt confident that in these seeds moved with excitement and beauty, the audience would accept any height that fitted into the scene. Oh man. Micro Kong. Uh, see, yeah, you want yep. to know one K-sounding word that Cooper didn't believe in? Continuity. Continuity. Mm, continuity. Continuity. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh my gosh, I. You know what? That's weird. I I'm so upset that if this is a thing that someone actually did in the new movie because we watched the new movie recently. Yeah. And it really did feel to me. I I I'm fairly certain I even remarked to Stephen about like how large are these things like it seems like they're different sizes all the time and like if someone oh my gosh if some fan involved in the making of this movie was like no no we have to just change the size because that's that was the original intent oh my gosh uh fans are the worst uh yes it's true there's also i i don't know if we want to get into it but the ownership rights of Kong is very interesting. It's, it's an entire thing. It's an entire it's so thing. so confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it's it, uh, so much of it is a lot of just like, well, we're just not entirely certain, but we want to protect it in case we have it. Right. In case it's ours, we're, we're going to act like it's ours. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a bunch of people doing that at each other, essentially. Pretty forever. much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another part of the reason why Universal or not Universal? Yeah, Universal yeah. was pushing so hard to make this uh monsterverse situation so they could make it like, oh, this can just be a part of we're just gonna fold it into this thing. You know. Uh so it's not like the original thing, so it's it's an entirely other spun off thing. It's fine. It's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh Anyway, thank you for coming along on this journey, as always. Um, (laughs) uh, If you want to find more episodes, uh, you can go to uh, 
wskbcast.blogspot.com. We're on Twitter uh, at wskbcast. Um, and that's yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since the last episode, but life stuff happens, and uh, yeah, we're still kicking. Yeah, yeah, we're we're still doing this. We're still never learning anything. Absolutely. Just refusing to actually come away from from this with anything, any new information, except I guess that the the state song of New York is "I Heart New York." Ah, oh, crap! You made me learn something. I'm sorry, Tim. Well, I swore I never would. <laughs> and I, and I failed. You made me a promise. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, All right. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm oh. gonna go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Oh dear. Amazing. Amazing. I'm sorry. I just found that picture of the uh, King Kong cartoon. Yes. I just really like that it looks like he's like he's just like leaning on that like like a guy like leaning on a bar to complain about a thing like he's got his elbow up and I know it's because he's beating his chest in the animation but like he's got his elbow like resting up on Kong and like his arm up and he's like yeah I don't know and then the guy says to me he said you know like that's what I'm hearing he's, he's getting advice from Wilson oh absolutely absolutely he is is that that's Lady Kong just doesn't understand how important it is that I get to beat my chest. <laughs> well, Kong, how, how do you let her, you know, express her self? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't Anyone? thought about that. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I never like King Kong that much. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it... <laughs> He's fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, I, it is just a giant ape, really. Honestly, yeah. I mean, and like the story is kind of sad. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very sad. But in the end, I mean, we got Donkey Kong, and that's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, you see, the, the, yeah. there's all the thing about the lawsuit in there. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, for sure. Donkey for sure. Kong's good. Donkey Kong's good. Good yeah. So no, I, no I always complaints. thought, like, you know, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Kitty Kong, and all that stuff. I'm like, man, that's pretty contrived. But then I saw that, like, Lady Kong, Little Kong, oh, no, Baby they, Kong. They like, tried. Oh, Kong. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they definitely tried. Like, yeah, and, and it's all about trying to avoid that, that copyright. Mm-hmm. And having, to, having to deal with that, who owns it. Like, well, if we just make a new thing, it's technically a spinoff. So, you know, yeah. it's... Donkey it's Kong. ridiculous. And and weirdly, like it I don't know whether it's a staying power thing or what, but like it just doesn't work. So far, like they've like it's just not stuck. Like nothing but the original story has has done anything as far as like having cultural impact. So like I what is what is it that makes us actually care about this one but not Son of Kong? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like right. they're the same. It's the same story. It's the same animal. It's the same thing. It's just a giant ape. Yeah, it must have been weird when Donkey Kong came along because it's like, hey, you were like, oh, there's only one Kong, and it's like, 
oh, there's two? Whereas, like, I grew up with both, so I just was like, okay, yeah, Kong's, like, an ape or something, whatever. Yeah, that's just what that means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who knows? That oh. would have been a very weird thing. 